0: listening to the number one podcast for olive branch and eastern Desoto county
1: this is ob pod morning cash morning zach how are we doing this week man oh enjoying the best day ever and i see that you are about to as well
0: yeah what do you call it so it's, it's a good day it's saturday morning and uh, me and my son are going to go out to oxford and uh, watch the game at lsu it is sold out there and, we go and uh a buddy of mine has got his tickets he's just uh, we're gonna go out there and go to time. My son's never been to the you know, the Grove SEC and everything, college game and Grove or anything like that. Heck, I haven't. So uh, we're gonna go down there and check it out. And, Y'all have a tent or no? We we've got some mutual friends that'll
1: have places down there and just get some
0: grub and try to have a good time. And uh, it's, it. it's
1: gonna be a lot of fun. It's a good one to go to. And LSU. Whoo, He's going to see the dark side of college football pretty quickly yes, and see if he yes. wants to continue Especially on with it. Especially
0: the sold-out crowd. Oh, and they're man. retiring Eli Manning's number. Man, and-
1: those LSU fans are rabid. They really are. And some Ole Miss people will say this is their true rivalry game, not Mississippi State. I don't believe them because, you know, there's just no way State's not your true rival.
0: But yeah, I, I hear you. I just think it's one of those really good games oh, yeah. that's developed over
1: the years. And so and uh, Ed Ogeron, his, potentially one of his last games in the old offensive, no, defensive line coach at Ole Miss. And he's... He is a heck of a recruiter. I do feel a little bit bad for him on that side of it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be something. Uh, it's going to be quite a – at least let's put it this way. I hope it's a great game. We went to the Arkansas game, which was a phenomenal game mm-hmm. to watch too. I just hope it's a great experience for my son, and uh, you know it'll cap out a really good week. You know, I had a birthday earlier this week, and uh, that was awesome. got to have some time with my family. And, uh, and you know, the only downside was is that uh, my high school team didn't quite follow through on the uh, – They did try. They did it a just good game. Come- I can't wait to talk about it in the sports section, but – uh, other than that, it's been, it's been a good week. I can't complain.
1: There we go. Yeah, I just uh, got off days changed. So we're, we're going to see how that goes moving forward. Thank you, Michael Chandler and whoever else we can get to help us throughout in the future. And you all will know why we're saying thank you in a little bit. But went to Cedar Hill Farms, did a nice little spooky thing. And I can now tell the difference between little boys and little girls. <laughs> we had the spooky trail, 25 people on there. And then this thing is packed. Couldn't fit another person on there. By midway through it, we could have fit another 10 people because all the little girls are on the back of it with like the parents and stuff. And all the little boys are at the end taunting the people coming up and scaring them (laughs) and just doing little boy things. And I'm just dying. And me and this other dude, who's a bigger person than me, we're like, the scariest thing about this is this rail that feels like it's about to give. We've got like three little girls that we don't own just laying on top of us. And this back thing is trembling. Zach, I am terrified that I'm going to get ran over by this trailer as soon as I'm right there off of it. Oh, but, man. But like, I would pay just to be pulled around on a tractor in the middle of nowhere at night. It is so peaceful with look, just looking up the stars and you forget how much light pollution, even in a small city like this, that we end up getting. You're right.
0: You're yeah. absolutely right. That's the, that's the good side of the countryside. Is that man,
1: it? it really is. But it, it's an interesting little thing going around there and just seeing all the kids and people getting... I can't understand pain for somebody to scare you. Like that just is not something that appeals to me. My wonderful girlfriend absolutely loves it. So, of course, I'm going to go and enjoy it. But Dang right you are. That, that, that's <laughs> not something that I would normally do. And bravo to the people that enjoy it.
0: Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, you want to know somebody who's not scary? And that is Brian Couch of Team Couch of Birch Realty. This is the number one realtor and realtor team in all of DeSoto County. Heck, they've been voted that way multiple times. Guys, if you're trying to buy a house in the area and this market is hot as it is, Guess what? It's probably going to end up with multiple offers. You need to have the right realtor team to help you navigate the process and make sure your offer gets noticed. Brian Couch and his team are the people you've got to contact, guys. I'm telling you, they are above reproach, just the absolute best. They are a full service company that will dedicate all of your efforts to make sure your offer is what's best and make sure the process is totally professional. Additionally, if you're trying to sell your house, don't think about doing for sale by owner, guys. I'm telling you, it can be risky, it can have a lot of pitfalls, and you want to have the right realtor team to make sure they're there to handle all the potential problems that come with that, especially when you're selling a house in a market like it is. Guys, if you're not convinced yet, then I say call them or check out the website and set up a free market analysis. This is no obligation whatsoever. They'll let you know what your house is worth, what the houses in your area are going for, and basically your entire community to help Help sell you on the fact of what you need to know to move forward with their business. It's a
1: perfect time to call and you can reach them at 1-662-449-1700 or you can call Brian personally at 901-461-7653. And again, check out teamcouch.com.
0: All right, Cash, another great week of amazing emails and jokes are coming your way, and I hope you have girded your loins for all that I'm about to deliver.
1: I have no idea what gird my loins means, but we're about to find out. (laughs) All right, Cash, what currency do they use in space? Uh, I don't know. Come on, man.
0: I'm trying to like Think space nuggets
1: or something, but I mean. Starbucks, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh, that is really good. I do enjoy that. <laughs> Shout out to my mom. Works at the South Haven one. Please be kind to your favorite barista.
0: There you go. Cash, guess who I bumped into on the way to get my glasses fixed? Harry Potter. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I do like that one. Yeah. Actually, I think it was first, too. Uh, from the, this, oh. this, this girl,
0: Gina, who keeps emailing me, I was like, this is a cash joke. <laughs> this is a cash <laughs> joke.
1: Thank uh, you very much, Gina. That was amazing. <laughs> all right, so, All
0: right. Cash.
1: Now, cash. this one has me a
0: little worried. Yeah. So, cash. uh It's tough, man. My wife caught me cross-dressing and said, it's over.
1: Mm, that, those Oklahoma shirts, they'll do it. So, I packed her clothes and left. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is that is good. <laughs> now, have you ever worn a dress before? Uh, that is a negative. Really? So in college, in psychology, we had to cross-dress a day, a whole day in class. It, actually, the whole period. Otherwise, you failed the class. I don't know how they were able to pull this off in right. middle of nowhere Iowa. But <laughs> That's what? why? Because yeah. middle
0: of nowhere Iowa?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not necessarily the most progressive place. Uh, we'll just go ahead and say it like that. But it was a really weird feeling, and a lot of the looks are just, hmm. Well, it,
0: you you with your long locks and everything else, I can well, see you pulled off me. There is nothing that looks good in a, in a male version of myself, much less adding the female version yeah. of myself. Couldn't imagine.
1: A lot of breezes. I, I can understand why women get colder a lot more, but it's a <laughs> lack of pockets that really just <laughs> grinds the gears. Like, so,
0: you know, the, the, you know, there's a fad right now where it's called dresses your partner mm-hmm. uh, parties for like football games and stuff like that. Have you seen this fad? I have not. So, if, if people, if you go to social media and type in dresses your partner or dresses mm-hmm. your loved one like that, and so you'll, and the whole deal is you video people coming in your front door for the party, uh, for the football game or whatever it is you're doing. And some of these people take it full full hilt. You know, they'll come in dressed like their husbands who have beards and <laughs> tattoos and, you know, work boots. And then you have, the <laughs> The big burly guy comes yeah. in with a dress and, you know, See, supply I, like, dress and wigs. And they go to have a good time, you know. And it's like, you know, it's just something to go yeah, I Yeah, man, that's, that's a lot of fun.
1: And, like, actually doing it because... When my girlfriend had to do it at the time, she just threw on one of my hoodies and sweatpants. I was like, that's... Yeah, but well, the girls get the better deal it. Yeah. It's the guys going
0: way out there for the, for the norm. You know, you know I
1: mean? left field, Like I'm going through the thrift store trying to find a pair of heels, which, A, women just never wear heels. Like, if you like them, like, I'm not going to tell you not to wear them, but they've got to be the See, devil's. I'm lucky.
0: Wearing size 15, there ain't no female shoes out there. Yeah,
1: well, I can tell you there was none in 13 es but as women will <laughs> tell you, there were no right, like, heels for any foot.
0: Had to throw that 4e in there, huh? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> it's like a clodhopper
1: sitting there. I got many boats, you skis. <laughs> oh, yeah, I said I don't need skis, a they don't fit them, but b these things are just the balance is impeccable out there,
2: <laughs>
1: like, like nothing, a dolphin man. floating on top of the water. Well,
0: like if you so. If it's are dressing like my wife, you know her most common outfit. I don't think people need to see me in tights. Okay, yeah. yoga pants, uh, tennis shoes. No, we like don't. A, uh, you know, but I mean, like, you can get the oversized. Style.
1: You get the oversized sweater. You know, that that's a nice what I say, little like, look on everybody. I
0: would be pretty lucky. You know what I mean? I would be pretty lucky. Uh, you know, because I mean, like I, I love the way my wife. She's you know she's all about comfort. We both are. We do yeah. You know, we're like we'll, we'll dress up for it's time to dress up. Otherwise. We're we're here to enjoy. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll get
1: I'll dress to the nines, which I don't even really know what that means. It's just a fun thing to say, and I know people say it. But like for three to seven events in the year, otherwise all about function. I don't know why. Like I'm just looking at can I escape in this outfit? If the answer is no, I'm not wearing it. There you go. I have no idea what could arise in a situation, but I know I want to be able to get out of it. <laughs> That's all I know. Amen to that, brother.
0: Well, Cash, it's that time. We're going to get to that motivational message. And man, we had such a great, great feedback from last week's poem that we did um, that I've said, you know what? I got to find another one. And believe it or not, I found a whole series of different poems. And I really like this one. Uh, This one is called I Am, and it is by John Clare, and it is read by Tom Hiddleston. Now, if you don't know who Tom Hiddleston is, guys, that is
1: Loki. Off the Marvel universe, who has his own very TV show that Zach has yet to watch, but he will eventually, and we will talk about it because hey, it I is a fantastic it. series. I
0: started it, and just didn't finish it. Would what, what, you get one episode in? I'm about three or four in. Okay, you know, um, you know, so it is what it is. I don't know. Like it's just one of those things where I thought it was good, but like I'm struggling with the plot point, and I hate to say it, but I just don't think there's enough strong characters to say it justifies. Why I haven't continued, so but I'm going to finish it. You are
1: in the bad part that three to four, but it picks up at the very end. I will say, okay. Well, there you go, there you go.
0: But guys, we hope you enjoy it. It's a cool poem, um, and these are all about just you know self awareness of where you are in life and things. And so, this is the first one. I think we got to even you know, another really cool one next week. So, we just hope you enjoy.
3: I am by John Clare
2: I am
3: Yet what I am none cares or knows My friends forsake me like a memory lost I am the self-consumer of my woes They rise and vanish in oblivious host Like shadows in love's frenzied stifled throes And yet live, like vapors tossed into the nothingness of scorn and noise, into the living sea of waking dreams, where there is neither sense of life or joys, but the vast shipwreck of my life's esteems. Even the dearest that I loved the best are strange, nay, rather stranger than the rest. I long for scenes where man hath never trod, A place where women never smiled or wept, there to abide with my creator, God. And sleep as I in childhood sweetly slept, untroubling and untroubled where I lie. The grass below, above, the vaulted sky.
1: I'm really excited with how this potential poem series could go, and just hearing some of these familiar voices lull us into where we are actually paying attention to what they're saying, such a fantastic thing.
0: Yeah, I agree, Cash, I agree. Well, Cash, we had to change here. Um, Since you have new days off, we can no longer personally attend the Alderman meeting, but as you alluded to earlier, we have the amazing citizen, Michael Chandler.
1: Who who did run for Alderman Award 1. He doesn't know if he wants to run again, but... You know, trying to give citizens a voice is always something that we're looking forward to. So if anybody else wants to start attending Alderman meeting and letting us know how they go about, this is something we are very open to accepting, tag teaming, and just making sure we get the news to you that you want to hear.
0: Absolutely. but Again, really want to say thank you to Michael Chandler. Most of our notes from the Alderman meeting uh, are from him, and uh, it, it really, really helps to make sure everybody's getting this information.
1: So they kick-started the meeting off with giving the City of Alderman Branch A brand new mission statement. And it reads as Olive Branch, Mississippi is one of America's most livable cities where one can live, work, worship and play without leaving home. The city of Olive Branch municipal government strives to provide efficient and effective public services that promote this quality of life. And I got to say that pretty much hits everything on the head for what the city's about
0: cash. No doubt, man. That is a phenomenal statement. Uh, I think you, you, you said it best that it hits every nail on the head. That is what all branch exemplifies. And, uh, that's a great read.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that we might have had that scribbled down when we were looking for a mission statement and it might have slid under the government door, but hey, you never know. <laughs> we know, we shall
0: never deny <laughs> birth, yeah. such a thing. So Cash, in the meeting, uh, I noticed based on what Michael was telling me is that there was several different little things talking about square footage and, you know.
1: And a lot of those are common at yeah. a lot of alderman meetings, like the developer wants to obviously build as many houses as possible. Well, the aldermen want to make sure that these are houses that we all want to live in and make sure so that fighting over not necessarily the square footage of the house but of the first level so you know that you're actually getting a bigger house so instead of 1800 square feet they're saying 2000 base level and then we can kind of go from there
0: yeah well there's something it's all about your visual and perceptual mm-hmm. you know your optics which uh, I know some of people work that hate that word you know like the optics the ex- of a situation does shouldn't matter you know but it does and it's like if you look at a house that looks like a matchbox on the mm-hmm. bottom floor and it's a matchbox that matches on top you know people think of patio homes they think of cheap housing they think of things and it's the visual moving forward you want it to feel like in most well, homes and around here people want to have a big bottom floor the upstairs is not bonus, but not a place where you would consider your primary spot of your living. Yeah.
1: So. Well, I mean, it was something that I personally would have never looked at had I never been to an alderman meeting and learned the difference between just livable or base level that you're going to be doing. And I, I do say a bigger bottom floor. I hate going upstairs. I'm sure you do too. Well, like yeah, because I'm obese, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, the, these knees are no longer meant for going up and down these stairs. So. Amen, brother. past the completion plate. Yep. Keep preaching. Keep keep <laughs> race style homes all the way. But th- there's a lot of arguing on that, making sure. And then – Something I did know, just because I've been to quite a few Alderman meetings, there is not a law against mobile homes in Olive Branch.
0: Here's the deal. If you want, you put it this way, if you look at any major developing city that is trying to create that high level you know, of visual appearance and economy and desirability by families as well as business, mobile homes are not in the mix. Never you know? will be. Um, so, and... In all the branch I know of one or maybe two mobile home park areas. One's right by the mm-hmm. city park, and I think the other one's right over by the interstate. It might be the same one. I'm not positive, but um, the, it it's not without it's not an eyesore. I don't want to say that because there's it's really yeah. not. I've, Trust me. There are some. I lived in a trailer park growing up. My family was very poor at one time in our life. Both my parents lost their jobs. My dad got injured. We lived in a trailer park in Country Haven over off of 51. I'm mean, i not afraid to tell people
1: I lived there. I lived there for a little while. One of my best friends had a double wide, and you wouldn't know it was a double wide unless you were walking on it just because there's no way to make that floor feel like it's not. But inside, massive, beautiful. Like You can make these things look great.
0: Well, it's come a long way. It's just back in the day. Look pretty rough, and like guess what? The Country Havens cleaned up their area yeah. over there. It's a nice looking place. Yeah, it's a trailer park. I get it, um, but the I'm not I'm, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Olive Branch adopts a rule where there's no more trailer parks are allowed or mobile homes are allowed within the city limits. Um, and it's going to have to be something they do sooner than later, you know, and just let the people who have now in
1: men, which is what is already happening. And then they might try to come after something with the grandfather. And so we're not saying that that's going to happen. We're not trying to spark any controversy, but the realism is, is they, a lot of people just don't think they look nice. Well, here's something else, a little nugget. I know this personally is because
0: I bought a property that had a mobile home on it mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and it is a mobile home if it was brought in on a trailer of wheels, okay? You know, people can going to say, oh, that's a manufactured home. No. If it came in on wheels and it still has wheels under it, it's still considered a mobile home. Good to know. Um, you know, and so in, even in the county, you can't put a mobile home on a property if it's older than a certain age. And you can't move one from one spot to another if it's not of a certain age and so on. So, like, there's already restrictions in the county itself when it comes to mobile homes. Uh, and so, like, today's world, you know how you get rid of a mobile home? You take a backhoe or an excavator and destroy it on-site and put it into multiple dumpsters and have it hauled off. There is no such thing as moving it to another location for
1: somebody else to use it. Just, so, no you place. can't even sell it or anything. It's a- once, it,
0: once it reaches a certain age... It's not even worth trying to hire somebody to get it to be moved.
1: So, it is the definition of a sunk cost. Correct. That is absolutely insane to me.
0: I learned a whole lot because, like, I had this trailer and I was like, okay, it's pretty rough, but I bet you there's somebody who wants it. They'll maybe rehab it. I'll sell it. I, I didn't care. I'd sell it for $1,000. Yeah. Mean, it was a full house. You know what I mean? It was rough. Don't get me wrong. And then I found out, nope. No one can, even if they bought it, they would have to illegally take it to their property. And the second they try to hook utilities up to it, nope.
1: It was became, there at least fun to destroy? Like, oh, I mean. we had a blast,
0: man. My buddy had a tobacco over there, and I let my son get on it, and it was just, you know, there's just it's something like, to say about boys and toys and getting to destroy a real house, <laughs> you know, putting that bucket through the window oh, yeah. and pulling the wall down and all that kind of stuff, you know? It, it was great. It was, You
1: know, like I said, it's,
0: it's an experience I could imagine. I would hope anyone could do the experience, but hey, you know, it is what it
1: is. It was a lot of fun. But man, that is absolutely wild about that, but... Hey, the more you know, educate and entertain. That is what we try to do over here. But, Cash, I got to
0: tell you, the part of the Alderman meeting that hits me on the head here is is the conversation about the open containers, especially around Old Town.
1: Yes. Now, I thought this was going to be a brand new, exciting thing that everybody could get on board with. But, of course, I don't own a business down there, so I don't have to worry about some of the legal issues that some of these owners are going to have to deal with. This is very true, and I'm happy The one of the owners spoke up. We happen to know
0: her over there at Ray's uh, Fins and Feathers. She was there speaking and some others, and they were talking about, you know, uh, movies that over at the Wesson house and things we do at the city in the old town area uh, to be leery and understanding that it, when you have these kind of parties or things that come up that's going to lead to struggles for the local businesses because mm-hmm. parking is so not
1: good right now it's- non-existent over there essentially yeah. and then she even talked about how she has lost business revenue because of some of these open container events already not necessarily open container but AO house has a lot of fun things that they do to where they take up all of the parking and and some of that parking is hers right behind her building, and people aren't able to go to her restaurant and enjoy all that food.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just it's one of those things where it's, you know, you're kind of landlocked. Mm-hmm. You know, things have got to change. Um,
1: you got those train tracks right there, so you can't really expand right. parking and over there. So, like, there. we're
0: happy Ale House and Side Street Burger and, you know, Back- OB Pizza, Backwater, Backwater, Backwater Brewery is doing fantastic. Love those guys. And all those things are doing better, but they literally all have two or three parking spots in front of them. You know what I mean? And if you're talking about a place that you're wanting to incorporate as, as, as being an entertainment
1: area and food mm-hmm. spot, and that is the only really one in Old Town. Yeah, because you know, like all of that front parking with all those condos and buildings right there, well, that's their parking. That's right. Pink's parking. That's the antique right, shops. It's all your little businesses, your old school road
0: and all that stuff. I mean, all that right there is that's for their businesses. Yes. You know? And believe it or not, they are just far enough away even though it's in Old Town right Mm -hmm. there, that people don't want to walk through the back of other businesses to get over to those areas. So it makes it difficult. So I hope the city, you know, I know we have the new development of the cottage Gen. I know that's like that, but I'm I'm hoping the city is going to find ways to maybe get where parking can be changed to be more dynamic in that area um, to, you know, and make things work. Because, I mean, you got to understand uh, this Old Town area, I get Cascades is going to be great over there. I do. But people are going to really want Old Town to be a – A mecca of a family, yet also entertainment area combination. You know, and like
1: to me, I'm not as worried about the Weston House being enveloped in the open container thing because I feel like we have the right kind of citizens to where nobody's going to be getting taint and trying to ruin a family event or anything like that. Well, that's the
0: thing. is like, Wesson House is not the type of venue that is going to encourage something. encourage an you know, event where people, alcohol is a primary for, you know, force of
1: entertainment. No, I mean, it's sense. always more of a family event. Yeah, it's and, a,
0: that is a small pavilion. You know, um, you know, what we call it small, but I'm just, in comparison to events that would draw a yeah. type of crowd and what I think they're comparing to, uh, I don't think that's the type of
1: place. Well, and just seeing like how some of Hernando's events to get done for our friends at under the water tower whenever they have their concert venues and everything people are having one or two there's sometimes kids there it's not a- but it's just also in a contained area yes. off the square you know what i mean so uh there
0: that's that's the difference you know every don't get me wrong geographically it's unique and everything's yeah. all that but um the Wesson house is not a place that's going to do that kind of stuff um and encourage that i mean it's like that is family oriented to me yes. everything about it is family oriented so uh, it's the only thing you're going to have to worry about this open container stuff and having that kind of clientele going on is once that new development really yeah, happens, happens when they have the indoor amphitheater and the outdoor amphitheater and you know the ale house is expanding and doing all that kind of stuff. Whatever it's going to do, uh you know, conjunction with backwater, all that kind of stuff, it's going to be that will change the the landscape of that area right there but again if parking is done right and uh, you know now how the city handles that kind of new entertainment area once that's all fully going it should be fantastic for people it's just going to be done right
1: and so the main thing that we're trying to let everybody know is that they have tabled what the new lines are going to be for the open container and they're going to discuss changing them a little bit seeing what they need to do to ensure that the citizens feel heard and everybody is okay with what the new laws yeah, are. It needs to be the best of both worlds. It really does. Yeah. And it's a hard thing. But like you said, it's going to be hard to do without knowing how much of the cotton gin district is going to be like this. Exactly. And again, it's going to have to really just be a wait and see. And but so it's a good decision that, to, to table it. Yeah. And knowing that they can change it kind of within a month's time span, always tinkering with it. That makes me feel nice and comfortable with it. Oh, 100%. And another thing that we just want to kind of point out that we thought was weird is there's little spots in the city, mainly right now in Maywood is where they've discovered them, that isn't really owned by anybody. The HOA, the people that own the houses in the neighborhood or the city, there's just kind of trees or just other little bald spots that aren't worth owning for the city in no Guys, you
0: you blew me away with this. And so, like, yes, there's multiple spots. Don't get me wrong, none of these pieces of property are big enough to develop anything. You no. couldn't put a you couldn't put a shed on some of these. They're so small. But if you look at them, they are not owned by anyone. It's just literally a gray area. Yeah, it's almost like a tree owning itself. Right, and so there are some situations where the city is going to step up and they're going to fix a few of these things, and but they're going to have to come up with a way to you know, to basically say who owns what, and yeah. they they take responsibility for these little slivers <laughs> of property.
1: If, I, if a tree falls from a piece of property that no one owns, does insurance still have to pay it? Yeah. My, my guess is no. Yeah, no. I mean, who paid the insurance?
0: <laughs> you know what I mean, so. Uh, it goes back to that, what's that old saying, you know, if a tree falls in the woods and no one hear it, it doesn't mm-hmm. really make a sound. You know what I mean? Yeah. It you know, is, I always think of that. I'm like, oh, did a tree fall if Nobody property nobody owns it? <laughs> nobody <laughs> give a crap. Right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and who knows how many. So, I mean, you might want to be looking around in your neighborhood, in your HOA, to see if there's kind of areas like this that find it in these blind spots.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Well, guys, that's it for the Alderman meeting. Uh, Thank you again, Michael Chandler. really, really appreciate it. Just an amazing job. And anyone else that wants to help and be a part of these meetings and wants to report and let us know, we greatly, greatly appreciate it. It really means a lot. Guys, if you're enjoying what you're listening to and you've been a steady listener, we hope that you're encouraging your friends, your family, and the people you know, either through social media, word of mouth, to give us a listen. Uh, Our podcast is growing by leaps and bounds. We are just now starting to get uh, Apple Analytics, and the numbers are fantastic. Uh, We look forward to having a full report on that soon, and it's it's a really bright spot for us to see that the podcast is going in the right direction, and it seems to be going in a positive direction. And we want to say thank you to the listener. It uh, really, really means a lot. And all these emails, all this communication back and forth. The coaches really stepping up and wanting to be a part of the show. Uh, you know, I'm going to um, events here and there, and people come to me constantly like, hey, OB Pod, this, that, or so on. And I think it's just it's absolutely wonderful. And we, we're really, really pleased that we're able to bring a little bit of positive light. Uh, we just hope that you could do us a favor and continue expressing that to your friends and family and let them know where they can find us. Any podcast catcher, uh, you know, any app, uh, online, whatever, we really really appreciate it and uh, guys somebody else we want to say thank you to is Michael Hatcher and Associates guys they have been a sponsor with us since day one this podcast has been going on basically around eight months and they have been a believer in us since the day we started and I can't tell you what it means to us they are a phenomenal company here right here in Olive Branch that employs you know I want to say hundreds of employees they do so much for the community they have given back to Center Hill and Olive Branch and Lewisburg Schools they have done a lot for the city anything they put their hands on it is gold they do a phenomenal job and they back it up with just great professionalism and there's just no one better and you know so, so if you're a person who is in the need for any type of landscaping necessities maintenance or you'd be surprised what they can do you be you know they can do so many different things i'd say go look at their website it's hatcherlandscape.com uh it is just a phenomenal company
1: Yeah. I mean, it's about to be winter and you're going to be able to get a beautiful fire pit, a nice little outdoor area to where you can invite people over. You don't have to go to one of those little fancy bars or anything up in Memphis. No, make that bar your backyard. Stay safe. Enjoy roasting marshmallows, doing little outdoor stuff telling scary stories there's a lot that you be amazed that you can do in your own backyard because of hatcher landscaping
0: there's no doubt cash truly truly good and guys here's the other thing we've been telling you all for a long time they are still hiring you would think that it's getting cold that all that means summer works over no when they go to hire somebody they're hiring them for life that is their motto they want people to work year-round be a part of their company and let them build in a positive manner Uh, they still have multiple positions available if you're wanting a change uh, you want to work for a company has great benefits, great pay, and is going to take care of you, I implore you to go over there, check out their website, or you can call their talent acquisition manager, Gabby, at 1-662-755-3207. Now, Cash, before we go any farther, I want to sneak in a good old true crime that is just too good not to mention. Luckily, it's a short and sweet one, but... It has got Mississippi written all over it. Oh,
1: man. I, I don't want to say that because it makes us look pretty um, edumacated is what <laughs> I will go with. Edumacated. But my goodness. How, do you think they used Elmer's or just a good old-fashioned glue stick? <sighs> man, who knows, man? Yeah. Who well, knows? We'll, we'll let you all decide. Zach, go ahead and take this over. Uh,
0: guys, in Columbus, Mississippi, not too long ago, two men were taken
1: into custody after they allegedly tried to cash in a fake lottery ticket. Now, when you told me this, I was like, how in the world do you come up with a fake lottery ticket? Yeah, so Otis Latham and Russell Sparks <laughs> made you. their way to the lottery
0: office on, <laughs> on this day and handed over what appeared to be a winning scratch-off lottery worth over $100,000. At least they shot big. Oh, like, yeah, I, I, I give them that. that. Upon closer inspection, the employee at the office noticed something was quite off. When they questioned the ticket, it turns out that the the pair glued winning numbers to the ticket to match the six numbers for the six-figure buyout. Oh, my goodness. Both men men were arrested on the spot and charged with conspiracy to commit a felony for counterfeiting.
1: I mean, there's no way I could actually charge these two numbskulls for trying to commit that because that's not even attempting a felony or anything. That's just plain stupidity. Oh, yeah. It's just, I mean, you there's
0: a lot of factors that ain't none of them good. No, I mean, it's <laughs> just like... I'm hoping it was alcohol <laughs> or maybe drugs. You know, but if you actually said, you know what, we can get away with this. this and you, you you really put thought into it and you watched your movie or CSI and you've got your tweezers out and you're sticking stuff to this and you thought this was going to fly. I mean, people, this is... This is a lottery I, ticket. There, there are so many fail safes for that ticket to make sure it's authentic, and you're going to stick numbers, whatever.
1: Oh my goodness! Like, I just, want, I wish I could have seen the cashier's face of. Um, really? <laughs> I'm going to give you three seconds to run, and if not, I'm just going to call the police, and we'll, we'll we'll take it from there. Oh no! Oh, oh my goodness! Good good, good, good old Mississippi education, right, right, right there. Well, Cash, let's get to our
0: news for the area. And the first thing I see is the city has accepted a $500 donation from the community thrift shop to be applied towards the Olive Branch Police Department's 2021 Shop with a Cop event.
1: Yes, and this was done at the Alderman meeting, but I felt like it needed its... Nice little uplifting at the beginning of our news section. Amen to that, brother. Amen to that. The next thing on the docket is something that kind of hurts me because, A, I, we all know how I feel about the naming, but I was trying to go to the food truck event right there on Snowden Grove. Didn't happen because they were setting up for It's Still Spring Fest 2021. That is going to be taking place All week long from the 26th through the 30th. And no, there is not going to be any music. But as we have alluded to, there will be plenty of delicious barbecue happening at Spring Fest 2021. There's
0: going to be a great contest. They're bringing in real judges. The whole nine yards should make for a great event. Now guys, something that happened this week. We had the Great Shakeout, which is an annual event that the entire nation can follow through. But mainly Mississippi does. We basically do an earthquake drill. So it wasn't a giant milkshake
1: like I was hoping for?
0: No, no, no milkshakes like that. And I'll give you personal notes. I'm in charge of our, you know, what we call crisis management at school. And we conducted the earthquake drill this week. And I'm happy to say that Center Hill High School did a phenomenal job Mm -hmm. of Dropping right where you are, getting under the table, getting under a desk, or leaning against a structural wall. That is your best efforts to try to survive or prevent injury when it comes to an earthquake.
1: My favorite is also one of the most terrifying, but an elevator. Like If you can get inside of one of those, nothing is going to really be falling on top of you. Just gotta hope you can be able to pry those doors open as soon as it's done yeah yeah just that minor little detail but well now, i mean hey at least you're not getting <laughs> smushed by
0: something on top of your head or anything
1: and if the floor does well an elevator is pretty durable yeah so
0: my uh my boss and i you always have this conversation when it comes to earthquake he is the believer that the, op- the earth is going to open up like indiana jones yes, and people right. just start falling in right here with you'll them. see lava <laughs> and it's just the end of it it's like watching the holy grail fall on Indiana Jones. Yep. couldn't agree you, with him more know, and i'm just like you, you know you know what happens is is the, it shakes and stuff falls from the ceiling and that's what hurts you there is no ground opening up okay it doesn't work that way you know quit watching movies have you seen an earthquake <laughs> yes I've seen it could many many CCTV footages of uh, earthquakes happening and it's just a lot of shaking and people are like looking like they're dancing but they're standing
1: still and then there's a lot of fires because inevitably somebody's always using a lighter or a candle or something's <laughs> happening and then the Great Chicago Fire of nineteen whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, you
0: derailed right there, but
1: okay. Well, uh, no. Like I mean, we
0: studied it. I know. Do you not remember your history
1: classes here, Mister History Teacher? Hey, you now,
0: and you enjoyed them.
1: <laughs> I did. Not
0: probably not for the right reasons. No. But hey. Like we'll
1: we'll save that. We'll table that discussion. <laughs> we'll table that discussion.
0: Now, guys, speaking of damage and potential damage, you know, if earthquakes like that, do you have a house that's damaged right now? Do you have a house that's maybe so outdated that you're just like, golly, I just don't want to fool with this. You really, It's so hard to get a contractor right now. It's hard to get anybody. Materials are expensive. And you just want to sell this house fast. Get it off your hands, you know. But maybe a really good cash offer so you don't have to worry about dealing with anything. Don't have to wait. Guys, there is a local company that will take care of you. That is Rodman Properties. If you go to their website right now, ibuydesoto.com okay that is ibuydesoto.com you can see this awesome awesome website that shows all the stuff they do their process how easy it is you can do everything online you don't even have to call anymore you can literally just fill out their little bitty questionnaire put the address in say you're interested and voila they're going to come take care of the rest it is unbelievable how easy it is And again, you're dealing with a local company. This is not something out of Memphis. This is not something that's uh, coming from another state that just wants to buy stuff, cash, don't care about the property, don't care about the community. No, they are right here. You're going to have a personal connection with somebody. You can talk about your home, you negotiate a price. If you're comfortable with it, make it happen. You'll get cash fast and voila. You're a happy customer and the company you sell it to is going to take care of the home. They're going to flip it, turn it back around, improve it, Possibly turn it into a quality rental or just sell it right back into the community and it's going to build the value for everybody around you. It is a win-win-win situation. Guys, if this is something you're interested in or if you know somebody who might have a house that fits into
1: this criteria, go tell them right now to go check out iBuyDesoto.com. DeSoto County has issued a proclamation for the upcoming Monday, November the 2nd as All Souls Day or the commemoration of the faithfully departed, also known as Dia de los Muertos or Day of the Dead, where over 720,000 people in the United States have died in a year and a half since the pandemic, with over 10,000 of those being Mississippians and to make it come closer to home over 400 right here in DeSoto County. On that day, we will have a moment of silence that will be observed at noon to remember the lives who were taken too soon. That's just a nice thing to you know try to bring us all together, and it is always feels like it is needed.
0: Well, anytime you can remember people from the past, you know, and people you've lost, loved ones, that's never a negative. No, you know, and to me, like I've said it so many times before, remembering someone and keeping them current in your life is the best way to honor them. And so, you know, hey, let's all participate. Let's do a great thing. Guys, Movie Under the Stars is still going, and we're going to have our last one. Again, we want to say special thanks to LaBelle Haven Baptist Church and the First Baptist Church of Olive Branch for providing free water and popcorn. So on October 28th, they're going to have the movie Onward, and after the movie, there is going to be a massive trunk or treat for everyone to be able to celebrate Halloween. We hope everyone comes out and enjoys, and we're planning
1: on trying to be there and look forward to seeing everyone. Yes, remember that is at the Wesson House, and we look forward to seeing everybody, and hey, maybe even coming dressed up as a costume. Go ahead and pre-game it, make sure it's exactly what you want to test out those cold, chilly Halloween nights. That's it. I'm noticing Cash
0: has been alluding to it the entire episode, and that is to add a 1 in front of the area code when it comes to dialing your number. As of yesterday, since you're listening to this on Monday, we hope, uh, they are a- forcing everyone to add that 1. So instead of just doing 662, you're going
1: to have to add that 1, You are now long distance inside your own state, and that is just for reasons of the suicide prevention hotline and a couple of domestic abuse. They're trying to convert all of those over. So that is the reason for this. So just make sure their phone number isn't broken. It's not lost. It's just now long distance. That is correct. So you might need to change your contacts in your phone because you might be getting that little auto deal
0: that says, you must dial a one before you go (laughs) forward. But guys, that wraps up our news. And so we're going to move into the last segment of our intro, and that is our fact of the week. This is brought to you by Rob Long of the DeSoto County Museum, which is located in Hernando on Commerce Street, right there by Area 51 Ice Cream Shop and the Corp South Bank. They are open Tuesday through Saturday and have numerous exhibits for your viewing and learning pleasure. Don't miss out on this opportunity in Hernando. Cash, I love TV, and if you do too, and you were a resident of Olive Branch in the 70s, you may remember a certain pair of local ladies on the screen. Jan Johnson and Scotty Davison became local celebrities when in 1975 they developed a factory outlet store right here in Olive Branch. The pair made 30-second commercials chalked full of product details and prices, but they always ended the same way. The pair looked at the camera and together shouted, y'all come, which became immensely popular and a blueprint for numerous future
1: businesses, and they still follow us today. Do you remember? I obviously do not, as I was not around that time. But I would love if any of our listeners had photos of them, screenshots, or even possibly VHS tapes of ways that we could see this, because this sounds amazing. And I know we have a lot of people who probably do remember them.
0: Oh, there's no doubt. Yeah, I'm the same as you, Cash. I wasn't even itching my daddy's pants in 1975. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it sounds something cool. I can just totally see it. There is a picture of the two ladies mm-hmm. and a little bit of uh, information behind it at the museum. If anybody would like to go down there and check it out, definitely you can see gonna have for to yourself. go
1: check that out because that sounds awesome. And if any of our listeners, again, if y'all have any, please tag us on social media. I would love to see some of these. Or if anyone has. Any just recordings of them. We'd love to have a little snippet of that for the podcast.
0: Oh, absolutely. We greatly play the audio. There's I mean, no I,
1: I can just imagine it just playing at the end of the episode. Y'all come. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Well,
0: guys, that truly wraps up our intro. And if you're enjoying what you're listening to, tell your friends. Share your post on social media and let everybody know about our podcast. We really appreciate it. But we're going to call it here for a couple local sponsors. And we hope you stick around for our sports section.
1: are you looking to start renovating well north mississippi dumpster is the local business you want to contact all you have to do is head over to desotodumpsters.com you'll be able to find all of your pricing and sizing needs they're open seven days a week and have fantastic prices they carry 13 and 20 yard roll-off dumpsters that are in great conditions so you don't have an eyesore sitting in your yard or on your job site they service Desoto, soto marshall and tunica counties so visit them at desotodumpsters.com or give them a call at 901-299-0916 Are you tired of an unimpressive lawn or need some help from a local professional to get your yard the way you want it? Look no further than Master Lawn for your weed control and fertilizing needs. Master Lawn has been serving the Olive Branch community and surrounding areas for over 25 years and is ready to add you to their long list of satisfied customers. Contact them today for a free quote through their website, www.masterlawninc.com or call 901-250-0873.
4: Second, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! And now it's time for the OB Pod Coaches Post Game Show with Jason Russell, Alan Peacock, and Justin Hector. You think you know football, but you don't,
1: so shut up and listen.
0: That's right, guys. We're in week nine of our post-game show. And, guys, i got to say our sponsor, Old Town Vibes, is just phenomenal. They, again, are outdoing themselves each and every week. We have gotten so much good feedback about people who have gone and tried it out, and they now say this is the number one nutrition shack. They will never go anywhere else. There is not a better atmosphere, better product, or better pricing than right there at Old Town Vibes in Old Town, right there on Pigeon Roost Place Road.
1: No, I mean, we talk about it all the time, but the fact that you get energy before you even get your drink just from everything that is happening in their store the happiness the go-getterness just the happy vibe that you get jumping up and down it makes you wor- it makes everything worth the wait and that wait is not long I know that's right, guys. I'm telling you right now, Cash. We, I haven't talked to you about it, but I almost want to tell
0: the guys we want to buy their next series of cups and have our logo on them because I see so many Old Town Vibes uh, cups now mm-hmm. everywhere, and everywhere I see one, I make a point to go, hey, yeah, you know, <laughs> they're awesome. You know, yep. oh, man, we 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 hit them on our podcast. Da You know. It's truly great. Guys, if you're one of those people who really want one of those awesome shakes that maybe does meal replacement or a loaded tea, uh, this is the place to go. I'm telling you, they're open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And on Saturdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Just enough time to get you down to Oxford so you can fully enjoy everything that that is going to entail. No doubt. Guys, and of course, if you want to see what their specials are, their menus, which is changing all the time, try to keep it fresh. You can go to Facebook or Instagram and look up Old Town Vibes. Now, cash this week in football uh, was kind of a mixed bang, it has some success in some places, a shocker in one place, uh, and some just a great games here and there. Um, so
1: we want to round them out. Yeah, one of the shockers for me is always when North Point plays a little bit of defense and they shut out Sheffield forty-two to zero. And that, that just is always going to be a shocker to me.
0: Well, you know, I'm not going to call it like it is. I was actually a coach at Sheffield for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. It didn't work out for me to stay the whole year. Um, but when I was there, and it's an area that has a lot of talent, a lot of speed. They just struggle when it comes to getting kids to believe in a program and sticking with it, and it has a lot of – outside uh, kids, influences yeah, that are going to it's affect what you're things trying to where do where the community is decimated by the idea that you can go to any other school at any time mm-hmm. um you know the open uh, policy there in memphis it, it makes it very difficult you're really good programs all the kids want to go play for them a lot of the other programs struggle you know and so uh, it's one of those things and to see that uh, you know sheffield probably has a lot more speed and maybe more talented players but uh, coaching wise and organization wise they just believe behind
1: in your school. Like right? it's just yeah. gonna be hard to compete.
0: And so uh North Point just basically turned them into a homecoming team on senior night and uh just decimated them forty
1: two to nothing. Yeah. South Panola did South Panola things and beat the Soto Central thirty five to six, kind of bringing back some of those old juggernaut vibes.
0: Yeah, um the Soto Central actually did kind of hold its own for a while in the game, but eventually the South Panola wears you down and 35 points rung up, and it, just, it is what it it's is. It's like
1: playing Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans. Sometimes they just do so much beating of you in the first half, it doesn't show up, and then in the second half, there he goes, there he goes, and there goes your bet of the day. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and move on to Hernando as they had a fun competitive game all the way throughout with – Horn Lake, 27-26. to 26.
0: Yeah, Cash, this is a shocker for me, man. Uh, Horn Lake is a big, dominant team, and I think they overlooked Hernando. Uh, Hernando was leading the ball game for majority of it. Horn Lake makes a triumphant comeback, and at the end, Hernando scores and takes a one-point w- victory and just, I, in my world,
1: shocked the world. No, I mean, it is very shocking, but you always have a chance to win a game. I know, like we said, Hernando hasn't won a lot of them, but when you have arguably the best player on the field week in, week out with that quarterback – Anything is going to be possible.
0: Oh, I agree. Uh, congratulations, Hernando. That, that's a huge W. Um, however, I do not think it makes a difference in their playoff run. No. Uh, but it is something to hang your hat on for your seniors and the program. And, uh, just winning is always That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's good stuff.
1: Couldn't be happier for them. Lake Cormorant won 28-14 against New Hope.
0: Yeah. Uh, Lake Cormorant had to travel to New Hope. That is a long ride. Um, Where is that? New Hope is right by the Golden Triangle, as I like to call it, over there by Columbus, Starkville, New Hope, that, that area.
1: Oh, my goodness. Like you, The two people that you're right there with are Columbus and Starkville. That's oh, no, no,
0: no. What's worse is the Golden Triangle is West Point. Oh, my goodness. So you think about, you know, you're talking about athlete and football, basketball, perennial area, yeah. like that. New Hope's right there by all that.
1: I mean, how do they have anything left for them? Obviously, they don't. It is, but. Uh, it, that But is,
0: to me, that on the east side of the state, that is Footballville, USA. I mean, my goodness. Is, I don't know how you
1: compete with those three. Three schools, and then you're just being right there. Like maybe once every blue moon, you have a better season. Well, than the good thing
0: is, is that two or six A and two or five A, and so that's one of those things. So you, know, it's not like you have to play all of them. Okay, know, I mean that that makes that, it that slightly makes better. You know? It does, but they are all. Well, here's the deal: you very likely have a potential state champion in six A and a potential in five A with every
1: thirty minutes of each other. Golly, there there's so much talent just hanging around in that area. Congrats to Lake Cormor. that is a nice win. Now we're gonna move on to. Well, our area. South Haven beat Lewisburg 47-7. to 7.
0: They decided to play on Thursday night.
1: Um, you know, I,
0: I'm not sure. As a what- player,
1: I always kind of hated that. I, I, I don't know what decisions go into that, but we always played South Panola on a Thursday night. It felt like we gave the season up so they could go, you know, do a little bit of scouting and well, some of that you know, other stuff.
0: I'll just be honest with you, Cash. As a coach at that time, what we would do is, is that it was kind of an understood, mm-hmm. just being honest with you. Um, you know, you as a coach, you want your kids to end on a high note, and, you you know, you talk to South Manola, and, you know, we used to play them last game of the season. Oh, and I And we tell them, we say, hey, look, let's play on Thursday night. Y'all can go scout for Friday night playoffs. We won't be in the playoffs. You know, is a gesture of good faith, and you hope that translated to how they played against you on Thursday night.
1: It did not. I, I can tell you as a player, if y'all would have come to us, we would have just said, let's do this on Friday night because it – it's almost demoralizing in a way. Like You feel like you've already given up the season. And it's just like, I, let's go through the motions. And South Panola was not a team that went through the motions. No, no. But, hey, now you have to remember,
0: out of three years we did that, we did come very close one ball game. You know, we only lost
1: by seven. Look, I, there's so many concussions that happened throughout those games. <laughs> and one, one demoralization that I had because we lost our right tackle before the game, and I had to switch positions and – yeah, I, I, I got introduced to a new world. Yeah, it's so a whole we'll, different ball game. We'll, we'll whole, go with that.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Uh, but the game got moved due to the lack of officials. Um, the state has in what they call panic mode and do not have enough football officials for Friday nights, and so they've had to move some games to Thursday. And so Lewisburg and South Haven were one of the ones that did that for Thursday. That's why the game got yeah. moved. Uh, This um, And again, but Salhaven, Haven, in in my opinion, could be the best defense in Mississippi. Just phenomenal. I've touted it the entire
1: year, and uh, it's a statement that I'm going to stick with. That's why I believe they're going to be able to go deeper in the playoffs than others, just because defense is always going to travel. They have so much talent flying around there, and I'm just excited to see how they continue on. And the offense coming with them now – they're going to be dangerous.
0: Very much so. I look forward to talking to Coach uh, Hectorn about it and seeing how the game went from his perspective.
1: Now, we had a fun one at Olive Branch, and I will say the triple option does love turf. You get to run a little bit faster, and it almost showed up plenty of times throughout this game. But unfortunately, Olive Branch won 20-13.
0: I'm not going to say it, probably one of the ugliest football games Mm. I've witnessed in a long time. Now, the score reflects like it was a close ball game. Yeah, And it was. It was a close ball game. But I can tell you, I tweeted it out. I think Olive Branch had more penalties and more negative plays that I think, if I did my math right, it could be somewhere in the neighborhood of every third play – there was a flag on the ground or a play that it resulted in minus three plus yards.
1: Man, I'm excited to hear coach Jason Russell talk about yeah. that because you know that's gonna be eating he away was at him. Losing
0: his mind. they had to call time they had to call a timeout, I think, two or three times to prevent delay of games, and sometimes it didn't work. I mean, it was just it was it was rough you, you it just like i think the kids were so hyped mm-hmm. for the ball game which was fantastic to see because i mean there was a lot of emotion out there on the field um you know you just forget that yeah. hey oh by the way we have to be organized we <laughs> got to run the play on time um, I, I think ob had over 10 false starts during the ball game that, and that, i mean like that is just wow. unacceptable like oh, i wow. mean
1: yeah it was tough um and then any from the wide receivers because I always just like love hate whenever a wide no, receiver gets like, a false start. Uh,
0: God, like, the funny thing is, Cash they could have called it a whole bunch more. Uh, the center and I believe the right guard would do this whole deal when it's about to snap. They would do this whole lean back because they did a lot of buck sweep stuff. When yeah, they pull. And the guard and center were in constant motion before the ball snapped. And I think they called him 10 times. I don't know if it was necessary for them. yeah. But, like, our sideline judge on the side I was on, because I was on the sideline, and the sideline guy was constantly going for his flag like, do I call this? Because, I mean, you can just see the butt of the right guard. He goes back a foot before the ball snapped. That's how much of a rocking motion he was in. Um, Now, I mean, like you've
1: got like a half second grace period and people want to say like that's not a a half second is a long time whenever you're getting things in motion. But, you know, the snap count, you know, when you can do it. And, but if you're trying to do a whole buck motion, that means you're going forward, then you're coming back. There's just no way. Yeah.
0: It, it's like I mean, the officials were struggling with it all night. Yeah, because he like, doesn't he want to throw that flag ten, every single night. It could and have it's been like, times, you know? Oh, man, that and, is brutal. Um, so, it was that. Um, you know, and the thing is, is that the offensively, Olive Branch was trying to do a lot of east and west mm-hmm. in the beginning of the game using their speed. And Center Hill was hitting them in the mouth a lot. Uh, and then – Uh, They realized real quick, if you just run right at center hill, you could have some success. They came out in the second half and ran straight downhill (laughs) nonstop. Never quit. I mean, like – it's very uh, rare You see, the you know, Russell got them right. Because, I mean, like, when they came back from halftime, you could tell what the motivation was. We're going to put an extra guy in the backfield, and we're coming downhill, and there ain't crap you can do about it.
1: I mean, it's rare you're able to see those kinds of adjustments truly matter and affect the game that much. But, hey, like you said, they saw something, they tested it out at the beginning of the second half, and then they said stop it. It was Katie Bar the door. I mean, it's just the only
0: time they stopped was penalty or if we got a good blitz in the backfield or something like that. Uh, I mean, there was really, literally no reason – I mean, their OC did not have to do anything but go right or left up the pipe. And that's all he did for the entire third and fourth quarter. I think he tried to throw the ball two or three times. Um, and one did result um, in a touchdown right before half. Uh, and, you know, I'll talk about it with the coaches and stuff. Yeah. Um, that, you know, to me – uh, the game went, went either way Olive Branch got the win uh, Center Hill could have won the game by two touchdowns Olive Branch could have won by two more touchdowns it's just the way the game was going mm-hmm. um, you know and it just really came down to who made less errors Center Hill had three fumbles and one was in the most critical time right before halftime that just changed the entire ebbs and flow of the game and it's just like I said we're going to talk about it with the coaches yeah. and uh, you know and so y'all can get the details about it well let's waste no time here's head coach Jason Russell all right, guys, I got Coach Russell with me. Coach, how we doing on this fine weekend after a, a nice big W on Friday?
2: Yeah, we're doing good. Doing good. Appreciate it.
0: Well, Coach, I got to tell you, man, that was a nice little environment. Uh, you know, that Center Hill, Olive branch football is not common. Uh, I put it out there on Twitter that this was kind of like the birth of a – not a new rivalry, but it kind of is because this is the first time we're both 6A opponents playing on a football field, and it's gonna, probably going to be that way for, from now on, and – uh you know, I know y'all got the W, but you know, overall the game was a, a good contest, but I'm not afraid to say it, like I said that night, it was an ugly ugly ball game. A lot of penalties, a lot of negative plays, um, you know, some a lot of turnovers, uh, you know, a lot of emotion just a lot of stuff going on in that game, but uh, you know, what would what would you say about the game that stuck out to you the most?
2: Well, you know, I I think it- especially the first half, we had a lot of penalties. You know, our kids just were, we were a little bit late on our snaps, and so we had a lot of false start penalties. A lot of it was, was the, the, the center snap was late coming back, and so we were getting other guys that were just getting off on the block. You know, they were getting called for the false start, but it was really them just getting off on the cadence, and we were actually late with the snap. So, you know, that put us behind the chains several times, had a couple of holding calls, you know, just – just you know kind of we came out really really excited you know it was senior night we had a packed house you know playing against a, a a team right across the town just a few a few miles away our kids were excited and we had to we had to take a minute to settle down and uh, i had to burn a couple timeouts early just to make sure we were in the right offensive formation because we were just just that amped up and that excited about the game so once we got past that i thought our kids played really really hard um I thought defensively we played our best game. Um, I thought our kids just played with energy all night long, and, and uh, they hit, they were physical. Lots of big hits out there, and, uh, you know, I, I was excited about that.
0: I agree with you, Coach. I think there was a lot of emotion out there. I think the kids played real hard. Um, and, you know, it was a lot of back and forth. You know, I think uh, I think center hill uh, was kind of a tit for tat. I mean, y'all would have a great defensive series. Center hill would. Um, you know, penalties with a drive. You know, a fumble on the other end. Um, you know, and it kept the game close the entire ball game, which, you know, adds to that, you know, that pressure, but excitement and emotion. Um, you know, just talking about, like you said, the first half, how the first half ended, it would just, it was mind blowing. Uh, you know, center heel uh, sacks the quarterback and there's a fumble in the play. Um, and, you know, and there's a turn of the tide, you know, the ebbs and flows are in their favor. Uh, and they come out for, uh, you know, a different type of formation and fumble it and y'all were able to scoop it up uh, you know, an almost score and then with less than, you know, I think right at ten seconds left, your quarterback makes a great play, scramble, and puts one in the end zone on a pass play, uh, you know, w- what a half. You know, wait a way to end a half for all the branch, you know. And so uh, you know, when a lot of times kids would maybe lay down or think that, oh gosh, Lee, that you know, this is the end, you know, your your boy stepped up and um uh, you know, like we talked about even before the podcast was recording, you know, I felt like that if Center Hill had drawn down there and scored uh, with that minute and 40 left after causing that fumble that it probably maybe determined the game because, uh, you know, just the, the sheer volume of pressure they've been putting on, how much they've been holding on to the football and killing the clock. Uh, not to say that y'all wouldn't have come out and scored or anything, but just the way, that, the, way the game has been going, it, it definitely hurts y'all's potential. But, you know, like I said, making it a 10-10 at half, creating a lot of excitement for all the branch going into the halftime, I think that was a big moment for you guys. And the beginning of how y'all made your comeback and, really took the control of the game to win.
2: Yeah, I felt like that was a big, it was obviously a huge turning point in the game right there. You know, they were, they had involved an opportunity to go score right before the half and that turned into points for us. And anytime you do that, you're looking at a 14 point swing and that's a big deal uh, going into the half. Um, And and it gave our kids confidence, you know, instead of uh, like it's, like it's happened some this season, we've got another touchdown right before the half. Well, instead of that, now we're the ones scoring the touchdown before the half. So our kids felt really good going into halftime. You know, my message to them was, you know, don't get too excited. You know, we, we, we played a good half, but it's, it's half, you know, that's not a, not a full game. That's what our goal was going in is to play a, a full game, a full four quarter game and, and to continue to play with intensity throughout the entire game. And so that was kind of our challenge at halftime. And my challenge to those guys is, was to, uh, Is to finish out the game and we came out in the second half and I couldn't be more proud. You know, we gave up only three points in the second half and uh, by far our best second half performance of the year.
0: Coach, I agree. Uh, I think your boys played uh, pretty well. You know, as many games I've watched, I think they really uh, excelled. I think there's something, uh, I think some of the adjustments y'all made at halftime were the biggest keys to that. I know defensively, you know, you brought your strong safety down and would play an extra linebacker, or a heck, sometimes he even popped in there as nose guard to create like a bear front and really tra- cause some issues. Um, and the pursuit on um, plays, you know, yeah, there. Would be, Center Hill had a lot of big plays. Uh, they're, you know, they were averaging nine, 10, sometimes over on their A-back plays. But you know what? Y'all took the dive away most of the night. And so as, as exciting as that sounds, there weren't many of those plays. Um, you know, it was a, both teams had a lot of great offense, but you know, then offensively, y'all switched to, uh, going downhill offense. I mean, the first half, y'all have a lot of speed and you were trying to go east and west and center hill was doing, a, was shutting it down on a lot of times. And don't get me wrong, you had big plays. But getting behind the chains and being in second and long, third and long, uh, even a big play wasn't enough to get first downs and stall drives out. Uh, and so Center Hill was doing that. But y'all coming out second half and going downhill, and running inside zone, uh, buck sweep, you know, pulling your guards, uh, keeping things between the tackles and saying you're going to have to be bigger than us and stronger than us and defeat us. Um, you know, and it ended up being a huge success. I mean, I know y'all ate you know, more than half a third quarter up and fourth quarter up on single series. Uh, controlling the ball, running the football, um, you know, and that, that that's a big deal. And so, uh, you know, kudos to your, uh, you know, your alls adjustments and uh, that leading to the game.
2: Yeah, we're excited about, you know, like you said, that second half, one of the things that we you know, went in halftime said, okay, here's what we've we run. We've we run these things and you know, our outside plays were, were struggling. They were good, doing a good job of defeating our blocks on the perimeter and, and we weren't doing a very good job of, of getting to the edge Um, and so we, you know, the success that we had in the first half was when we ran downhill. So we we talked about it at halftime and and made those adjustments to make sure that we were running them, you know, power and counter and zone and just getting straight downhill. And uh, we felt like that was our advantage. And, and, uh, it was what I felt like in the second half. And we really chewed up some yardage.
0: Oh, you definitely did, Coach. You definitely did. Well, Coach, congratulations on the W. That's a, that's a great win, uh, you know, versus center hill, um, I know that was a tough ball game for them. You know, when I talked to Coach Peacock, you know, that was one they really wanted, their kids really wanted, and, it, you know, it was a healthy rivalry. You know, one thing I was impressed with, the Coach, is that, you know, on this kind of games, you expect some emotion. You expect some maybe loss of composure, some different issues. But I saw kids on both sides lifting kids up and, you know, picking them up and patting them on the shoulder, patting them on the back and things of that nature. You know, you don't get me wrong. You're always gonna have a player or two that gets pretty excited after a big hill, but that's what they should do. That's what the sport's about. But, uh, uh good respect there. Uh, I think it's a it's a healthy rivalry, and it's great for our kids and our community to see that uh, that our kids can play well and strong and have a you know, like I said, a clean rivalry.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, we've got a, We've got a lot of respect. both staffs do for each other. You know, we, I think you know, a lot of Coach Peacock, and you know, I know you know Coach Justin Jones was was on his staff at one time, and you know, you know, there's a lot of We've known each other for a long time, and, and so there's a lot of respect going back and forth between the coaches and, and the kids as well. You know, they've got there's kids on the, um, both teams that have cousins that go to the other school, and so there's there's a rivalry there. Just like any time you play somebody that you know really really know, you want to beat them probably more than anyone else. But there's also respect and, and uh, good sportsmanship. And I'm I like you, I was excited to see that in the game.
0: Absolutely. So, coach, this next week, y'all have um, Lewisburg. Is that correct? That's right. That's exactly well, that's it. another rivalry game, uh, you know, that's right down the street, you know, just from the south of you, and uh, that's going to probably bring a lot of attention. Uh, Lewisburg has uh, struggled this year; they've gone through a lot of injuries and uh, uh, kids that have, uh, you know, not playing and some other things. And uh, but I do believe they're probably going to come uh, ready to play. They enjoy the Olive Branch game, and this isn't the first time y'all played, and uh, you know, football and every other sport because they've been six A and. I think uh, you know. I expect a, a good game. What do you What do you look at going into this game, or what are you concerned about, or what are you excited about?
2: Well, you know they do a good job. I feel like offense we mixed things up. You know they're going to throw the ball a good bit. They're they're about a fifty fifty team throwing the ball, running the ball, and you know they do some good things. They uh, they they try to read a defender and you know get an extra blocker by doing that. And they really like to run power read. And, you know they run a pen and pull scheme, which is. Um, tough to block out on the perimeter. Um, you know they'll run power and counter. And, you know just you know, the basic stuff in zone as well. Um, and then they've got a pretty good passing game. You know to to keep you honest as well. So we've got to make sure we keep all that bottled up. And they also do a great job with formations. You know they put a lot of formations out there that you have to get lined up to, uh, so that they can't take advantage of you there. You know um, you know defensively they've they've had some injuries and some struggles and they've kind of changed. Them you know what they're doing uh here and there defensively and you know i, I know coach uh coach Hexner does a great job with that defense and, and he's he's always been you know over the years that i've coached against him he's always done a great job with the defense and having those guys in the right spots
0: i hear you coach well we wish you luck on friday and uh, of course i'll tell him the same thing when we talk but uh i'm hoping for a good ball game and a good outcome and you know and I like to have everybody win, but that doesn't work. And so uh, I think y'all should do well. And if y'all stick to your guns and, you know, do what you do, and uh, it should make for a great Friday night. And so again, we wish you luck. And coach, we really appreciate your time. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And we look forward to talking to you next week uh, after playing Lewisburg.
1: Thanks for having me. Thank you, coach. It's always fun to hear about some of those halftime adjustments. And I, I'm glad that you're able to be a little bit better after all of those penalties. Thank you for coming on with us. Now let's go ahead and talk to Coach Peacock.
0: Hi, guys. I've got Coach Peacock with me. Coach, how are we doing on this weekend, brother?
4: Oh, pretty good, man.
0: Well, I uh, I know it was a tough for you Friday night, man. You know, getting to play your other uh, in-town rival, Olive Branch. And, uh, you know, I felt like we came out of the game strong. I think the kids' emotion level was good and positive. I think we moved the ball and got, you know, got 10 points early in the game and uh, then some just unfortunate events happened back to back and just never got back on track coach I mean how would you synopsis the game
4: yeah you know I thought we came out and you know played pretty well I thought you know didn't really know what they were going to do I thought we adjusted really quick to what they were doing and 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 got into some things that helped us um uh, had a couple big runs early you know we just uh, we had three turnovers on the night. Um, and, and that hurt us. Uh, I felt like obviously, you know, made two coaching decisions that I'd love to have back, um, you know, calling the reverse pass there close to the end of the first half, obviously, you know, it went very, very sour for us. Um, we very bad for us, but you know, I'd love to have that call back. We were probably a little closer than I thought we were at the time. And, uh, you know, probably could have just ran our offense and at least, you know, came away with the field goal at, at worst probably, um, you know, and, and that would have put it to a two-score game in our favor going into halftime. Uh, and then, you know, kick out after half, you know, tie ball game. And then, you know, they're, they're, one of their kids just made a great play. We, we run toss to a kid, you know, says he's okay. You know, um, ankle was bothering him, though, a little bit. And uh, he's trying to run. And, and I, mean, uh, the, I mean, you can see it clear as day on film. I saw it Friday night. I mean, the, the kid making the tackle just comes in and he gets his hand right on the point of the football and just rips it right out. Um, it was a great play by that young man. And they our defense bowed up, though, held him to a field goal. So it went from being, you know, what you feel like could have been a 10-point game or more in your favor to a three-point game in their favor, just uh, with turnovers on back-to-back, uh, you know, short possessions there. Uh, and really uh, lost all the momentum at that time. And like I said, they did a good job of capitalizing on those mistakes that we made. And, um, you know, you, you know, not going to beat good football teams, uh, turning the ball over three times.
0: No, you're not, Coach. That makes it difficult for sure. They, uh, you know, they, they really struggled in the first half. A lot of penalties, a lot of uh, false starts and uh, negative plays. I thought y'all's defense really came out strong and took away their east and west run game. Uh, which is what to me was i think we both agree was one of their biggest threats with all the speed they have at quarterback and running back um i think y'all did phenomenal on that you know but like you said how the events unfolded right before half and how the second half started hollow branch made a couple good adjustments and went straight to a downhill run game and just ate the clock up you know like y'all do when y'all play offense and uh getting behind 10 points uh it just it made it almost impossible with a two you know a two possession lead and the thing you hoped for, they ended up with, and ultimately led to how they got the W. And uh, uh, I still want to say that, uh, you know, your kids played hard throughout the game. I thought the kids were really classy, you know. I saw a lot of enthusiasm on the sideline. I saw guys picking up opponents and patting them on the butt and having good conversations, and it looked like a great, healthy rivalry. Uh, you know, was there something different this week? Was there, you know, uh, I thought Mark Holmes was really strong as a leader and, and played well, I mean – was this off of him? What, what, what was different about the game this week compared to what we've been dealing with in the last couple of weeks?
4: Uh, I mean, I think, you know, obviously our kids wanted to play well in those things. I think, you know, I challenged them to to make sure that we were not – that we were encouraging each other and not, like, you know, pointing fingers and blaming and things like that. I felt like we did a little bit of that in the Horn Lake game and just didn't – you know, I felt like in the Horn Lake game when things did go bad a couple of times that we, we didn't handle it well. And so I challenged them to – to kind of handle things better. And, and again, Mark is a great leader and he wants to win so bad. I, I felt like, you know, at Horn Lake, he didn't, he didn't project that very well. And against all the branch, I felt like he did, uh, constantly picking people up and, and played a darn good football game, you know, uh, made a bunch of good decisions with the ball in his hand, uh, whether he was going to, you know, keep it or give it or pitch it or whatnot, um, made two good throws on, on the hook and lateral, um, uh, that we hit for big plays. Uh, I think, you know, just kind of shouting out to kids. I think Keon McCristian, uh if, if I remember right, had like 12 carries for about 190 yards. So he, he was just over 15 yards a, a carry. So, you know, had a huge night for us. You know, his little brother's his little a sophomore blocked well. Had a couple big runs as well. You know, like I said, just uh, thought our kids played really well. I thought our defense played great for the most part. You know, once they started just, you know, they got, they got a really good O-line coach. They got really, a really good uh, big O-line. And once they started, you know, just kind of running downhill right at us, it, it was tough for us to kind of, um, you know, hold up to that. But I thought uh, – I know Lance Henderson, uh, you know, he seemed to be all over the place uh, early on in the first half. I think nine tackles, um, two tackles for loss, three QB hurries, and then two sacks. So just, just played a really good uh, game. Uh, he's really – kind of came on strong. We moved him from outside linebacker to inside linebacker, and he's really, really played well the last two weeks at that new spot. Um, you know, so, like I said, I thought we played, other than the turnovers, I thought we played a really good football game. And then, like I said, I, I feel like I made two two decisions that hurt us, um, you know, going forward on fourth and two there. Um, I kind of expect us to be able to get two yards with what we do. And and they, they, they did a great job of, of I think, kind of, anticipating what we were going to run and, and, and kind of blew us up a little bit. And and that that allowed them to make it a two-possession game. If we kick the field goal at tight, you know, we keep it to where we're in striking distance. And like you said, we run the clock and they ran the clock, and, and that kind of just shortened the, the possessions um, and allowed them to kind of control the second half.
0: Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Coach. Uh, I think all those guys you mentioned had a great game. I think I can honestly say is that y'all played good enough to win, just between mistakes um, and changes and ebbs and flows and momentum was the ultimate demise of the ball game. And, um, you know, it, it's tough. It really, really is tough. Um, yeah, yeah,
4: it's fun that, you know, and, and you know, it's, it's kind of the old adage, you know, um, depending on who you talk to, a lot of coaches, you – you have that sudden change you have that sudden change and you go for a big play you know the defense is over drinking water and they run out there and, and you know that kind of deal so we had a sudden change and you know went for the big play and it just burned us um you know I, I heck uh you know even if we just take a knee right there and go into halftime you know uh i feel like it's a whole different ball game but uh, it is what it is you know i made the call and it's a call i gotta live with and uh, I told the kids after the game I'd like to have it back and, and took ownership of it, um, you know, but it is what it is. and Monday's a new day, and we get ready to, to look at uh, the Hernando Tigers, and uh, it's a completely different ball game. So,
0: Yeah, this game's going to be quite a different. You're getting to play against the probably the best quarterback in the state, uh, Wilkie, and uh, uh, getting to see that in action. And uh, they're coming off a huge win. Um they uh, defeated Horn Lake in a surprise win uh, for a lot of people uh, and gave them life to actually go to the playoffs. Uh, if they de- if they defeat us and uh, defeat their final opponent, then they will be in a tie with another, I think, Horn Lake and maybe another team, and potentially because of head-to-head, can take the fourth spot into the playoffs. So that's got to be a, a huge motivator for them, and I know that's going to be something y'all going to have to combat when it comes to Friday night. Um you know, so what are we looking at this week uh, when it comes to, you know, how y'all prepare or is there anything special y'all want to talk about? Uh,
4: yeah. I mean, I think it's just a, you know, it's a different ball game. Uh Zach uh, Wilkie uh, is, you know, one of the top quarterbacks in the state without a doubt, selected to play the Miss Owl game. He's, uh, I think, committed to Southern Miss. Um, I know his family fairly well. His, his oldest brother, um, uh, coach receivers for me for, for two, se- two seasons worked at center Hill high school for a year. Um, the next brother coached against him. He actually plays, uh, for Harding university, which is the, a flex bone school in Arkansas that we have a great relationship with. Uh, so you know, we go to their clinic. I, I, I'm actually going to call their coach tomorrow to ask him a couple questions uh, about something. Um, so, you know, uh, his dad is a, 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 a was a pastor, um, you know, at one of the churches in Hernando, and just great family. Um, great, great young man that's going to, I think, do great things at Southern Miss. Uh, they're going to throw it. I think they're probably 70 percent, you know, pass. Whereas other Branch is probably the other way run, so it's uh, going to be a different challenge. Really going to test our secondary, um, you know, and and so we just got to uh, go to work. Um, and prepare i think i think if, if i figured it right they've got us and other branch left and if they win those two games they'll they'll lock up the four seed uh for the playoff spots um uh, because they'll they'll have the head-to-head over uh horn lake who would be the next the next uh the next
0: one up well coach uh, nothing like adding extra pressure and incentive for your opponent to win the ball game so uh I hope you have an awesome week of practice, and I hope uh, you know y'all are changing up how you have to look at defense playing a team that throws that much, but they also have to change up how they do their defense to go against a flexbone team, which is no fun for any defensive coordinator. So hopefully that advantage uh, comes in your favor and keeping Wilkie off the field uh, and y'all holding the time of possession and, you know, not having a wasted drive could possibly result in, you know, a low score quality win and, uh, you know, really shake things up for the program and give these seniors a great way to, you know, help finish out the season.
4: Yeah, no doubt. You know, it's senior night. Uh, it's our last home game. So it, it This should be a special night for our guys. It's funny. We actually played them uh, last year on senior night. Um, You know, we played them, uh, I don't know, week two maybe, week three. Um, And it was a home game. And we did our senior night early because of of COVID. Um, You know, and uh, we've played them in a jamboree because they were 6A and we were 5A, I think, about, I don't know, eight years in a row. And then last year was the first year we've actually played them in a four-quarter game. Um, we were able to win that game, uh, held on at the end, um, you know, but they're uh, – I've known their D.C. for a long time. Coach McCann, does a great job. You know, our former O-line coach, Coach Faust is over there. And so I know, you know, they know what we do. There, it's no surprise. They know our adjustments to how they defend us and things like that. So it will be really interesting to see, you know, what kind of wrinkles they try to throw at us and how our kids pick that up. And, and I'll be interested to see how our defense – you know, handles the challenge of a, of a guy that's going to sit back there and sling it around, and, and he can run a little bit. I mean, there ain't, there ain't no doubt about it. He can run. Um, you know, we want to try to keep him in the pocket and, and put a little pressure on him and not let him get outside the pocket and use his legs either.
0: There you go. Well, Coach, man, as always, really appreciate you joining us for the pod and uh, talking football, and uh, we hope you have a great week of practice, and good luck
1: on Friday. All right, man. Appreciate it. And that is a tough one, and as we've been talking about off the pod – I love a lot of the play calls that you do. Sometimes there's a lot of risk and a lot of reward, but you do have to risk it for the biscuit. Finally, we're gonna get on to Coach Hector.
0: Hey guys, I've got Coach Hector. Coach, man, how are we doing this weekend?
5: Hey, I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me on as always.
0: Well, coach, I, I can I can't say enough how much I appreciate you. I know it's been a I know it's been a long season. I know it's been tough on you and your kids and uh, you know I know he's your first year coach coming in on this and uh, we knew there was going to be a building process and uh, you know and it's just part of it sometimes you got to take your lumps and that's a common term for football and uh, you know Thursday night was another example of that you know you're playing a team that is probably a, a, a very very likelihood of going deep into playoffs has a in my mind a division one defense and Uh, being forced to play on Thursday night because of referee shortages and changing up how you do your practices and stuff. Uh, You know, and I'm I'm sure you're dealing with kids that are, you know, kind of settled into the idea that, you know, the season has not gone the way they wanted. And it just put all those things together, and uh, you saw the result for Thursday night.
5: Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's definitely been a a season that, you know, didn't really go the way that that we wanted. But at the same time, if we're being honest, I mean, we, you know, you got to be, be honest with yourself of, of where you were when you started and um, you know and it's, it's not gonna it's not gonna flip around real fast and you know so there's some you know we've definitely faced a ton of adversity this year and, and you know it's part of it I mean it's part of football it's part of life and uh, we've just got to keep moving forward and you know last week was uh, you know kind of a weird deal of playing again on a Thursday night um, you know with the shortage of officials and you know, I thought we had a great week of, of prep and, and I don't know if the Thursday just kind of threw our kids off some or, you know, kind of what the case is, but I've got to, you know, we, we've got to take some time and kind of figure out what's going on and, and, uh, you know, rally the troops and, and finish this thing out strong.
0: I agree coach. You know, you got, you got, you got to continue to move forward. You got to continue to build and, you know, the South Haven game was tough, but, you know, I, I've also known that, you know, as a coach who's been through seasons like this where you really struggled and, uh, you know, you, a lot of times it's due to maybe, you know, some leadership issues or kids just being stuck in the rut of, you know, hey, we're not doing good and just, you know, accept it and not willing to continue to fight. It's a hard battle. Um, but, you know, you, got, you have to look at it as, as you're going to find out who your 11 or 22 are that want to continue to battle want to continue to get better, and those are the kids you want to look forward, you know, moving forward and lean on and, you know, build a leadership core moving in, and that's part of the process, and uh, I think that's something that you're going to be able to find this week, if I'm not mistaken.
5: Yeah, for sure, and, and you know, I think we I think we have some guys that are, that are fighting. I think we had some guys that fought the other night, and, um, you know, I think we have some guys that it, it matters a lot to them, and um, it's just a matter of, like you said, of finding, you know, finding eleven. You know, finding the right 11 and, and the guys that are are going to be tough and, and you know, and, and not not sit in the comfort zone. You know, like you said, I mean, you've you know, got to take your lumps and that's part of it. And, um, you know, but growth doesn't happen in, in comfort. And, and sometimes we just got to, you got to go jump right in the fire and, 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 and keep running, keep moving through it. And, and that's what our plan is this week is, you know, get our guys in, find 11 dudes that want to play and, and uh, let's go get better.
0: Agree, Coach. Well, this Friday, y'all have got another uh, crosstown rival. You know we're we've we've pepped it up a little bit, talking about how the three schools of Olive Branch are going to make for healthy rivalries, and this is the second one for you. And uh, you've already played Center Hill, but Olive Branch is coming off a victory versus Center Hill, the other rival, uh, in what was a very ugly ball game. Um, you know, I've talked to Coach Russell and Peacock, and a lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties, a lot of emotion. But they were able to keep their composure. That was good. Um, but uh, in in my mind, uh, you know, if Lewisburg can come out and you know really put on and have an A game, and if Olive Branch is maybe struggling or having the issues that it had in the, in the last game or some other ones in the past, uh, you know, Lewisburg, you know, has a has a legitimate chance. You know, things are there. You know, you have some offensive weapons that you can try to utilize uh defensively you can rally the troops and uh maybe stop the rush attack from all the branch you know uh y- there's a chance there and uh you know i think that uh you know i think y'all could probably feel the same way
5: absolutely i mean that's that's really how we always look at it i mean uh you know we, we like to kind of think of it just a, a faceless opponent i mean it's it's about can we go out there and do the things necessary because uh, i mean the only thing we can do is is the best that we have you know and and uh but typically in high school football, especially, but really, I think probably any level of football, the uh, you know the team that can they can play with um, everything that they've got and, and, and play you know mistake free and uh, you know play with passion and, and you know be physical, uh, you know typically things are going to work out well for you. And we've just not quite figured out this year how to how to play a full game like that. We've had our moments, and um, you know, and it's no different this week. I, I feel like again, if we can do those things. You know we give ourselves a, a chance, but you know we, we've got to we've got to figure that out. We've got to figure it out real quick, and uh, you know we've got to play four quarters of, of uh, tough physical football.
0: Agreed, Coach. Well, Coach, I hope y'all have an awesome week of practice. I hope the kids pick up their chins and realize that you know any opportunity to play football is something to be proud of, and you know an opportunity to get better. It's not something where you just you know go ahead and kick the bucket and say, well it's in the you know it's in the can. Why do we even do this? That or so on you hope your kids rise up to the challenge and uh i think that if y'all have that good week of practice and that mindset's built that you know y'all have a great chance friday and it could be for a great game and so we definitely wish you luck
5: i appreciate that and and, and that's absolutely right i mean there's you know we're not going to quit we're not going to lay down that's just not um i just don't believe that uh, that's not the way i live my life and that's not the way i'm gonna allow these guys to go out so you know we, we've got to find 11 guys that believe that and and uh yeah we're going to continue to fight and, and uh you know again that's the only way to do things
0: because Agreed. Agreed, uh, coach. That,
5: that's just how it goes i
0: agree coach well coach as always man i can't thank you enough for your time and uh, I really hope y'all do have that good week of practice because we want to see those kids continue to build. You know, it's not about the score or the W or anything like that. But if you can watch a game and see kids getting better, play by play, playing with their heart, playing with passion, being physical, and you can tell they're building on it and they're doing it the right way, then that's what people want to see uh, for closing out this season. And so y'all can build, that, build on that for the off offseason uh, and have a great year moving forward.
5: Absolutely. Yeah, that sucks, and that is definitely
0: the plan for the week. Well, Coach, again, thanks for your time, and we look forward to talking to you next week after the Alabama game.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. Always hard to play those Thursdays games, and under, sometimes you just don't have those decisions, but bravo to you for getting these kids ready to play no matter what.
0: You're right, Cash. Uh, Great coaches, great games, and, you know, bright futures is all I see here. And so I really hope everybody enjoyed our post-game show, and we look forward to kind of wrapping it up moving forward. uh, We have our last two weeks. Uh, We're pretty excited to announce that we're going to transition this into basketball, but we're going to do a little bit different format. Uh, we're just going to we're going to discuss the basketball games. There's a lot more going on, and we're going to be adding Desoto Central to our mix. I've spoken to the basketball coaches over there, and they are excited to join our podcast and be a part of our family here. Since they have kids that live in Olive Branch, we, we can't leave everybody out. And plus, we're an expanding podcast. Yeah. We've been asked by several people to cover the games, and we're going to do it. Uh, the format's going to be different. We're not going to have all the coaches every game. We're going to pick and choose a coach each week to discuss, you know, uh, maybe an important ball game that week or uh, discuss an upcoming game or a, a tournament, whatever. And we're going to spread the wealth and make sure that all of our community areas are going to be well covered and these kids get highlighted for their accomplishments because we are a talented, talented area when it comes to basketball. And uh, it should make for a great, great season going through this uh, Christmas
4: Thanks for listening to the OB Pod Coaches Postgame Show with Jason Russell, Alan Peacock, and Justin Hector. And now that your three brain cells are saturated with football knowledge, go tell your friends where you got it. See you next week.
0: All right, Cash. No, so I didn't keep up with this week because, again, I'm not watching. I didn't get a chance to watch much Monday night football like that. But our, is our betting streak back on track or did we take another L?
1: We took another L, but we are still positive thanks to the beauty of Moneyline Underdogs in the first week. So we are a little bit ahead. Unfortunately, it just didn't play out. I still don't feel like it was the wrong side of the bet. The Bills looked like they outplayed them. 12 more first downs, more yardage, more uh, forced turnovers, just field position and, hey, That's why it's still gambling. But we are going to get back on track this week. We are going to be with the New Orleans Saints as they are coming off of a bye as they get ready to take on the Seattle Seahawks. And this is one that we don't even have to overthink. Like, yes, I said we're getting... The Saints right out of a bye. But there's a nice little gambling manifesto. You look it up and it says bet against Geno Smith whenever you can. And I had to dig it out of the trash because he was out of the league. I never thought we'd get this opportunity again. Seattle has one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Alvin Kamara is going to eat them up. Jameis Winston is going to have a full week of of prepackaged plays from one of the best offensive coordinators in the game, Sean Payton, and this Seattle defense is not going to know what hits them. We're going to be taking the New Orleans Saints minus five and a half. It's under that key number of six and seven, so we're not going to have to worry about overtime or anything, but if the line does move by the time you hear this, it's okay. As long as it's under seven, we are going to be slamming the New Orleans Saints over The Seattle Fumbling Seahawks and Geno Smith. (laughs) Fumbling Seahawks. I like that. I like that.
0: Thank you, Cash, for an awesome synopsis there, as always. And we hope we continue our staying in the positive, as they say. I don't want to get into the negative. Otherwise, we might just have to cut the segment if we can't figure it out.
1: Well, I I still like to look at it as do I feel like I've ever made the wrong bet. I I don't think that we have done that yet. Sometimes covering a spread is a lot harder than it should be. But as long as we stay feeling like the process is right, the analytics are still with us, then we're going to continue moving forward. There you go. I agree. I agree. Guys,
0: as always, we hope you enjoyed our show
1: and we hope you would go listen
0: to our brothers down there in Hernando on under the water tower podcast. They do a show very similar to ours and they cover the Hernando community and they give some great news and local stuff. And so it's a great listen. You're going to go check those guys out. But other than that, guys, like we're going to call it a week. We really appreciate you listening as always. Hope you're still subscribing and telling your friends to subscribe and promoting your show now also guys if you know anybody out there who wants to advertise with us we'd love to have them love to have some more additions to us on january 1 and to make it for a great new year but until then guys we'll see you guys next week i'm zach and i'm cash we'll see you then